welcome to Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk with your host, C.J. Reynolds. Richard Royster. Richard Royster had a really great answer to some comment this week about like helping students when they're failing. And it was something like I've read so much stuff this week, but the thing that stands out is something the effect of like not just crushing students when they fail and like giving them, um, they have to see hope to, in order to, to, to keep going. And I, and I just, that made me think of that. So, um, Tracy Pinder just finished her lesson plans. Oh, I wonder if there's a, there's a, uh, a side business helping people do their lesson plans. Um, so let's see. Or be a buyers. I think I said your name, right? Awesome. I'm glad that you're here. Um, Nayara, it's bright and early over there in China. Uh, Hales Teach, what's up? So I'm actually, I'm waiting for my wife. Um, Miss Pratt, Kimberly Wallback, there she, there she is. The not so secret wife <laughs> that my son and his friend had to walk four blocks to my, to my son's friend's house. And it's, I don't know. It's cold. It's officially freezing cold outside. So they were like, no, we, we need a ride. Um, it's pronounced Marbay. Marbay. That makes sense. Thank you for doing that. Um, so listen, before, so go ahead and uh, drop your questions in there and stuff like that. Um, and remember, like, just so, like, in case you don't know this, because I usually say at the end, I go back and read all these comments when I'm done. So I, I appreciate everyone, like, the stuff that you're saying. And it's funny when my wife is like, you have to see this one comment that was in there. Who was cracking you up last week? I can't remember their name. They were like, I have like a somebody was like annihilating you last oh, week. And you were like, she is on the side over here, like cracking, like shaking, laughing. And I'm thinking, what the hell is she laughing at, man? I don't know what's going on. So go ahead and um, leave all your stuff in there. And I want to mention something real quick. So um, Teachers Connect, who I talk about all the time, every week we, we mention Teachers Connect. And typically I get a question from Teachers Connect. Um, but recently they, you know, my friend Frank at Teachers Connect asked me to talk a little bit about um, this thing called the Student Research Foundation that they, something that Teachers Connect has connected with. Whoa, that was a lot of connecting going on. Uh, so uh, I went on the site and I was looking at like some of their stuff. And one of the things I thought was really awesome was there's a teacher, uh, Mrs. Henry, who teaches in Texas. And you can see this whole story is on Teachers Connect. But essentially, she found out that a bunch of her students wanted to become teachers after they were done high school. So, but they didn't want to wait to start teaching. So they asked if they could make a reading center. I think this is really awesome. Make a reading center in their classroom so that they could start bringing elementary kids in now and giving them extra help and teaching them. And so like this was, I, I just, it connected so much to like when I'm always telling folks, like when they say like, I'm in high school or I'm in college, what's the best way to prepare? The best way to prepare is by actually starting to do the thing, like whatever it is that you want to do. Um, and in this case, most of the time it's teaching. Uh, how do you get better? How do you build those skill sets? It's by starting to do it. And I just thought it was awesome that a teacher created a space for her students to do this. And she runs down like how they made the, the, the space in the room, how they got students involved, how they got elementary kids involved. So that's worth checking out. So over on, so if you go to Teachers Connect, it's free to sign up. You just sign in and it's only for educators, right? So there's not like 
um, parents in there or students in there or like, you know, it's it's this create the safe space is what um, Frank and the gang have done over there. And you can just go over there and like check all that stuff out. And if it's on, I think this article I was talking about was on the first page, then you can click and it takes you to their site and you can read the rest of it. So I saw it was rad, has a picture of the kids on there and everything. Um, but I loved it. And so, yeah. What are you, uh, what are you looking at over there? Do we have anything else? An announcement key kind of stuff that we want to talk about? No, well, I mean, I swear to goodness, the mentorship I had, the last piece of the puzzle was done. I'm going to connect it. And so if you sent an email, that will go out tonight. All right. I swear. I promise you. Are you prom? I'm promising. You can't promise the people things and then I'm not promising. deliver. No, I know. I'm promising. It All makes right. me accountable. Because you just said it to the world? Yes. I mean, Nayara is in China, so everyone in China knows now also. All right. What do you got for me? Uh, Was there anything else we wanted to talk about? No, I don't think so. Cool. Um, I got a great video coming out tomorrow. I'm excited about it because uh, it's all about everybody else, and I get to shout a bunch of people out and stuff. Uh, piano boy, but it's one. All right. So I'm just going to jump into these questions because – Here's the gig. We've been having so many people watch and we've been having so many questions. I just want to like try and get through them the best that I can. So if I'm not being like sociable, just saying hello to everyone, that's why. It's because I just want to give people value. And let me say this. A pipe burst at the school yesterday. And now I got off tomorrow and it didn't burst in my room, which I'm pretty stoked about because a pipe almost burst in my room. Like it almost leaked into my room last year. And if you see my class, all those chalkboard drawings would just mean it would be annihilated. I literally lost like one book and one drip went through the chalkboard last year. So I'm stoked. So um, I'm feeling ready. I'm feeling ready like it's Sunday night and Monday is a holiday. Day off. Someone said they had a snow day. They had a snow. Oh. They have a snow day tomorrow. Oh, man. They're psyched about like no, no it snow is. tomorrow. It, it's like it is a, it's like it is a morning level for adults. of freedom <laughs> that you are like – like. You're just out of nowhere. Like you're all ready for the day. And then guess what? Bam. And then on Tuesday, we're going to Princeton University to go see a Christmas carol with some of the boys. Um, so that's like a day off too. Bam. It's, it's Christmas. Christmas break come early. All right, let's go. Piano boy. Hey Reynolds. Um, I'm officially done with school now. I graduated yesterday. Wait, did you say did he say this in the Facebook group? No, so that was is someone that else. Someone that else? was Jade Dobson. Okay, okay. I didn't know because, well, this is, I'm assuming his real name is not Piano Boy. Oh, well, Maybe he... it is. I don't want to be <laughs> insulting. Um, I graduated yesterday and I have my PEL on December 20th, professional educator's license. Awesome. I would like to get your thoughts on something. Should I substitute first and then job or go for it all the way and get a job, and not substitute? Nope, go do it. Subs look. There are people that love substituting. I hated it. I thought it was the worst ever because I wanted to be invested. And this was like filling in wasn't like a chance to be invested. Here's here's a quick metaphor for that. Um, I've rented properties before in my life to live in. Not until I actually lived in one did I ever want to like clean up my street, pick up trash that was on the corner, go to the vacant house on the block and like mow the lawn and edge it and clean things up and trim the bushes. Why? Because I lived there. Because I wanted to be invested. I wanted to dig deep um, from the jump. So that's what I think you should do. Uh, Charlotte's web, but you have to scroll down for the other portion of the question. Cool. Um, that being said, if you can't get a job right away, like I'm not sure where you're going, where you teach, where you live, that kind of thing, um, maybe subbing is a good idea for now. But just so be mindful of that. Oh, but then okay. if you get a job, like drop that sub madness right away. Um, 
Charlotte Webb is saying, I was really inspired by the video you posted this week about helping kids understand how to work backwards from their goals uh, in their schoolwork. I'd love to help kids do this. Hold on, there's a second one. I, I know. I was well. Sometimes people's things like look the same on the side. Um, I work as a career coach, so I think I have some skills. I'm sure you do. I'm fine, just calling a school, but I'm not uh, very familiar with the U.S. school system. Will there be someone doing that already? Uh, wait. Wait. Did you read two different ones? I, did I not? No, no. I work. As really inspired with the video. Sorry, I'm. I love to help kids do this. I work as a career coach. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. So you want to see like you don't currently work in the school system, but you do career coaching and you'd love to help kids do that. I I think so I would call college offices in schools, right? So I know our college office is always looking for people to connect with students, right? There there's something about so in that video, I talked about when we went to go see Gary Vaynerchuk and Gary Vaynerchuk's like this big deal YouTube guy, gazillionaire, lives in New York City, runs this company called VaynerMedia and Vayner Sports and all those kinds of other stuff, right? So we go up to see Gary V and literally he is saying some of the stuff he's saying is the same exact thing that I tell my students all the time. But coming from him, they're like, yo, did you hear when he said this? And I'm like, bro, I've been saying for four years but it's kind of like when you're growing up like if your mom says something to you like or 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 tells you to do something you get it's your mom saying it right so you're not hearing that but if your best friend or someone you like says it like says hey that's kind of annoying when you do that you should stop doing it you're like oh i never thought of that before and then you stop doing it and it's like it's always about the messenger so maybe you're um a better messenger than some of those other people are right and and just because even even not saying you're like a better person or you have to think of it that way, but you're just um, a new a, a new source that the same information is coming from, right? It's always, it's so much often more about the messenger than it is about the message a lot of times. Like you need to have the right person say it. So that's what I would do. Just contact career offices in high schools. And if they say that they don't, can't use you or they, or they're not interested, I would make sure to say like, well, could you maybe connect me with a school that would be interested in this kind of thing? Because all you need is real, really one connect, and then they'll tell the right people so that you can keep kind of growing that. But that's a great idea. Hales Teach is saying, I have a class that doesn't like each other at all. They're exhausting to teach because they are always something to deal with. Any thoughts? Um, <clears throat> that's interesting. So I'm thinking about classes that I've had in the past. Um, that that's happened with. And so last year, um, actually every year it is. So we typically have eight periods a day and the eighth period is always at the end of the day, even though we have a rotating schedule in our school, the eighth period until this year has never changed, just always stays the same. And it's always a nightmare because that means the kids had seven other chances, seven other classes to get in trouble in earlier in the day. And then I get them at the end. It's like, it's like a nightmare most of the time. And so we would go in and the kids would hate each other and they would dog each other and they would make fun of each other. And not like in a good way, like I'm, I'm down with making fun of each other and like being silly and stuff like that. I'm not into people hurting each other's feelings or like saying lazy jokes. Like if a kid's fat, you're not allowed to tell him because it's lazy. Um, but if he forgot his blistex and his lips are all cracked, like you can make a joke about that. It's hilarious. And it gets him every single time. Um, and so I, I, 
have started doing things like um, I make people awesome, right? Oh God, that sounded really bad. That sounded ridiculous, <laughs> right? So th- this is what this is what I mean by that. I don't I don't mean that I'm like inventing awesomeness, but I call things out, and I'm I'm the example of what it looks like to call someone out that's doing something great. I will also do things like um, so a woman I work with, Miss Maloney started this thing a few years ago where she has kids like write notes. She prints out like pre prefab sheets and the kids write notes to teachers that they like or appreciate in the school. So there's that also. And so what this is doing is it's building a sense of, of gratitude or being thankful or being kind to others by not directly students doing it to one another. They're learning how to do it to other people within that space. Um, and so then I will do stuff like uh, call like other dudes out in class. Like, so there's even if, if there's like warring factions in that class, there's got to be kids that like are not so much a part of that. And then like shouting them out or making things like um, if someone's reading a journal, playing music behind it. So that I did this in a video recently too, where you play like sad music or exciting music or silly music. So what you're doing is you're creating this, you're changing the vibe in the space as much as possible. So then you can build those connections. And then I just tell the kids, like, stop at this. And, and even if you have to lie, I lie and say this stuff all the time. Um, oh, oh for sure. Know. No, no, no. I, I don't care if they know because I'll still do it. And I'll be like, oh, I was kidding. I don't lie for this class. But I tell kids, like, <laughs> this literally could be the greatest class of the day. Like, because I see this in you and this in you and this in you and this in you. This could be amazing every day and we get to end our day so no matter what madness happens during the day eighth period could crush every day but when we're doing dumb stuff like you guys keep going back and forth or you're doing this over here or you're not paying attention or you're asleep it ruins stuff so but you have the power to to create a space with me that is awesome every day and just letting them know that putting them on blast for that stuff sometimes that really really helps um, Jager Riley is saying, Hey, Reynolds, do you inspire me to decorate my classroom to look like Victorian era study? Uh, is there a way I continue photos? Yeah. Um, uh, you want to take this drawn in? Oh. Am I doing it? No. Okay. Uh, my wife's going to put it in the comments now. Uh, real rap with the Reynolds. Our old channel was called real rap with the Reynolds instead of real rap with Reynolds, uh, at gmail.com. I'd love to see that. Somebody sent us a video this week too. And I didn't respond to the guy yet. Um, who did a video about his classroom. Uh, based on my classroom, which was really fun. Good job, too. I love when people take uh, ownership over their classroom. Uh, Jay Dobson is saying, oh, Jay Dobson just graduated from college yesterday. Good work. Um, hey, Reynolds, what's the best way to handle a class that won't stop? Right? That was her. Yeah. All right. I just wanted because I got confused. Jade, in the picture that you posted, um, I thought it was the dude. Because I don't know. Jade is sort of an ambiguous name, right? Couldn't that be a dude? <laughs> Maybe not. No, no. Come on, just, I don't think you looked at the name and you just assumed that. I just it was assumed it was a guy for some reason. I don't I'm know. Sure, guy. Uh, so I, well, I just think we connect wow. like subconsciously because wow. I. Yeah. You just assumed it was the girl. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, and I also read her name. Anyway, Jay Dobson <laughs> is asking, "What's the best way to handle a class that won't stop talking? How do you get their attention and discipline students who are rude or disruptive?" Look, there's a million different ways that you could do this. Um. I'm not sure that the way I do stuff all the time is the best way uh, for everyone. It works for me. So I will tell kids, like, if you don't sit down, I'm like, I will squirt you with this water pistol. And somebody 
brought up the, the shooting kids with a water pistol thing, right, in, in a number of comments before. And so this idea of like a water pistol is a gun and you have it in school and you're shooting kids with it. And like, I get that. So now I have, um, I do still have one regular water pistol, but I bought water pistols that look like dolphins. So now it's shoot, it's spitting dolphin. And I just feel like maybe that <laughs> solves that problem. So anyway, what I'm trying to do is get kids attention, right? You can flick water on them if you want to, but it makes them sit down. I have a megaphone that I got at Kohl's for $8 last Christmas season. So tis the season right now. It's megaphone season now. Um, and I use that all the time to just get kids attention or you can get megaphones at the dollar store. It's pretty much just like a, like a parking cone without yeah. well, with a place to put your mouth on the end of it. But, um, and you can just yell with that thing as well. And so, so here's, here's the gig, right? This is how I'm going to break it down. Um, every single day, in my hallway, me and my homie, Mr. Hasty, are standing in the hallway and he's a great guy. And we like make fun of kids or we tease kids or we talk to kids. We give high fives and all this stuff, right? Every day we're out there. Um, and my friend, Miss Flounders, every day we stand out there and go, I need your shirts tucked in. I need your headphones out. This is, we say this hundreds of times a day. I need your shirt tucked in and your headphones out. I need your shirt tucked in, your headphones out. So a couple weeks ago, I start saying, yo, so I see guys that are dressed coming down the hallway and I go, yo. Guys, you need those shirts untucked and the headphones in, please. Come on. What are we doing? We're messing around too much. That gets people's attention. When you go into your classroom and I say, all right, animals, here we go. And the kids go, wait, did you just call us animals? Yep, because it gets your attention. Now, depending on the school that you're in, it might get you punched in the mouth also or get you an angry phone call from his parent. That's why it's hard for me to say exactly what to do. But I just know that sometimes – just kind of smiling about the situation, at least inside, and then going, how am I going to get this? How am I going to handle this? There's a way to get these kids' attention. And so I think doing it a weird way breaks the monotony of the same old crap they usually hear and then just makes it easier to do. So that's what I do. Kimberly Walbeck has said, been summing in a school and hoping to get hired. Any help? Um, so, oh, any tips? Uh, yes, Kimberly, I do. Um, I would say... Uh, so is there any hope that you could get hired at the schools you've been subbing at, or how can you go? Here's how I think you, you achieve anything. You go above and beyond whatever's being asked. So, and I've done this at every job that I've ever had, just because I want to, because I don't, I never want to trade. Let, let's take this a little deeper. I never, ever want to trade my time for my money. I never want to do that. I want to take it next level all the time. And own the job that I'm in. So when I worked at Home Depot, we used to, this is way too much information for everyone. At Home Depot, we used to have to drop pallets, right? They, if you go to Home Depot, these giant pallets of products on, on the top of all the racks, right? And so generally in a day, somebody will drop, take down one of those, maybe two, and unpack them and put all the stuff away and price them and all this crap, right? So my friend and I decided we were going to start going to work an hour early and we would drop 30 to 40 pallets in a day, right? Well, most people do one or two. And then our aisles would be pristine. I mean, it would be clean. There was no dust. Everything was priced perfectly because I don't want to trade my time for my money. It's like, it's, it doesn't seem like a fair equation to me. So I always go above and beyond. So that being said, when you're in a school and you're subbing, maybe you go above and beyond. Maybe someone notices that. Or maybe when you finally do the ask and you say, Hey, does anyone know a spot that's like looking for a job? People will, you know, you maybe they'll pick up on that. They'll want you because you're the one that's like volunteers for the extra stuff. 
does a little like does a little bit of hallway monitoring even because they don't have to be even though they don't have to be out there. Maybe you go do bus duty that everyone hates because it's 10 degrees outside. You can just go out to help, right? Like it's like you're just being a helping hand wherever you can be. Yo, we're running low on copy paper. I got you. Like I have it. Um, I think that kind of stuff goes a long way. And then that's what ends up helping you to break through the noise of, of the whole hiring process. That was a really long answer. These yeah. are long answers this evening that I have. Speed it up. I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm talking just, super fast. I feel like the end of a commercial <laughs> offer now available in Puerto Rico, Hawaii, and <laughs> Um, what's up with Hawaii and Puerto Rico? They never are involved in any offers. Poor that sucks, man. It's because they have too good of weather. They're like, you, you don't even need this. You don't need the lottery. Um, Anthony Biggs is saying, good evening. Um, hope you're well. I am well. Uh, I have a class that's absolutely nailed with <laughs> that class absolutely nailed with behavior and few learners have uh, been added and the dynamic has totally shifted. Any tips? Um, I, so what about this, Anthony? What about this? Let's go. We're going this route tonight. I think what would happen if you kind of laughed at the situation, right? And not, not in a way that like threw it off, not in a way that you just kind of were um, done with it. And and we're like, screw everybody. I'm kicking it. I'm just going to sit back and relax. But what if you almost kind of like laughed at the challenge right so like i've heard um tony robbins say things before like learning how to dance with fear so i know have someone come up on stage and these two and like the um they will try and pull the individual like tony robbins will try and pull the individual around the stage right and so instead of trying to pull against it what if you just went with it and you just started moving around and i just think that it would be a really interesting idea if you just kind of laughed at the situation at how ridiculous it gets. Cause sometimes it gets so ridiculous and we beat ourselves up. But what if you just kind of smiled at it and were like, all right, there's, there's an answer in here somewhere, right? Somebody, some teacher somewhere in the world could figure this out, right? What would they do? What could you do? What does, what is it about your personality, your skill set that you could direct towards the situation and just crush it? Right. And I think sometimes that's by moving the needle a little bit at a time. It's not some kind of sweeping, overarching, like we're changing this in the class. Everything's changing in this class. Sometimes that's right, but sometimes it's just these little things that push us in the right direction and then you just build momentum, right? And and then you, before you know it, the whole thing has changed. That's what I would consider doing. You got a question for me on there? I'm gonna drink some more uh, coffee out of this Texas mug. Thanks, Texas. Texas airport. <laughs> yeah. The airport always has the best bugs, I think. Um, let's see. Huntopia? Yeah. And then she has another one down there that might, I think, goes with Two? It. Okay. Um, what it. are certified credentials? Do you need them to teach and then, or teacher credentials, whatever they are called? So you do, but there's a couple of different ways to go about getting them. Like, so in the US, I know you could do like, just go to school for, for education. I graduated with a degree in English, which I quickly realized was good for absolutely nothing. I have a ton of books now and I read a bunch of stuff and it sounded smart, but it didn't get me towards anything I want to do. Um, so I went back for what's called my post-baccalaureate degree, which really meant, I think I had to take like one semester of education courses and then I student taught and then that was it. Um, I know there's other people that do alternate alternate route, which usually typically means you get 
like uh, placed in a school that can't find teachers otherwise. So a lot of times like a uh, section or title one school or something like that. Um, and you can kind of go to school for education while teaching. Now that is really like, to me seems like, Hey, I never ran before. Let someone drop me into a race and then I'll train on the weekends. And it's like, whoo, you gotta be just mentally ready for that situation. Or something like Teach for America, you could do, um, I, I, look, I've known a lot of good people that have gone through Teach for America. I'm not particularly a fan because I think they sell that savior mentality a little bit too hard. Like, so I, you know, I could be wrong, but that's the sense that I get about them. So I think there's a number of different ways, but yeah, you have to have like certain things in line to be able to teach. And, and what state you're in depends on like that changes. Did I miss one? You messed me up. You must oh, I messed something. you up. Yeah, you were about to send yourself a super chat. <laughs> oh, well, I don't I, know how you did Maybe that. I want to pay myself. Mm-hmm. I think super chats are a great idea. I don't even know how to super chat anyone. Whenever I, someone gives right us there. money. Look, it's right there. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. People send money. I'm just like, how did they do that? It's the little dollar sign at the bottom of the thing. Um, Should I talk about something while you're doing that? Because I have a great idea. Sure. Go ahead. All right. So while we're looking for a question, um, <clears throat> I have this great idea. I think it's a great idea. I'm going to bounce it off you because you all are, you know, decide with largely whether or not I'm going to do stuff a lot of times. Um, I have this idea where in my school, and this this could be an everywhere thing, but I grew up like in the early 90s where like I had really long hair or mohawks that I did myself. So like haircut culture wasn't really something that was important to me. All right, I'm going to get to that one second. Um, so because you know what I'm going to talk about, right? So I have this idea. I have an old student that cuts hair in West Philadelphia, and he is awesome. Like all, all of my older guys all go to this dude. But I have a number of dudes that come to school with hair that is like, um, well, they went to the barber that I don't know. Everyone calls thumbs or like the, he's like the old guy from the barber shop that like nobody wants to go to anymore because they like carve their heads up or like they try and get like, um, like a shape up and it's all jacked up and crooked or they get like their back. The guy didn't know how to fade it. Right. And so haircut culture in West Philadelphia, in, in the city, right? I don't, I don't know that this is like a, a thing across the world. I don't, look, here's what I'm saying. Haircuts in my school. If you get a bad haircut, you are walking around with a do rag as often as you can. You're faking a hair, a headache so that you can cover your hairline. You just don't come to school. It is something that crushes kids, <clears throat> um, their confidence, right? And their self-esteem. I really, really think that, Confidence and self-esteem help you in school more than anything else, more than work ethic, more than anything. If you can feel confident about yourself and in what you're doing, you can do better. So I have an idea. I thought about raising money during live feeds. And if you don't have money, this this is fine. But like that, if I can, I think it's like $10 typically for a shape up from this dude that I know. So what my idea is if folks give money, I would take that money and it would the entirety of it would just be moved over to an account in which I would um, sort of pay my guy up front, my barber friend up front, who's a former student, to cut hair for kids that I would give gift certificates to. And they don't have to know that it was free or that it was a hookup or that it's charity. It's really like, hey, man, you need a haircut? Like, I have a guy 
and I just get free haircuts from him sometimes. So like, go take this, go get a, a good cut and then come in because when guys get a good haircut, you see them like they look like they walk taller. If someone gets a bad haircut, it is the most embarrassing thing ever. So I had this idea and I wanted to see what you all would think about it because my in, in total, it is all of us supporting students that are then going to go get a haircut and then pay someone that used to be a student. So it's kind of creating this awesome like <clears throat> circle of life of, of kids helping other kids. And we are a part of that as well. So let me know what you think in the comment section. I would love to just like know what people think. Um, and Indie Kitty just gave $2. Thank you very much, Indie Kitty, with your profile picture. I always like that picture. Um, so what what do you think about that? Um, and then that will let me know if I should go ahead and do it or, or not. But I know this could have a really big effect on the school. And it's something that just our little community could could help out on. Um, oh, you got me water? I did. Look at you. You're a boss. Allie... Look at you with your hood up. You're, my you're hair truly secret really tonight. Allie Coyle saying, how much grace do you give students? On a test last week, students scored a few A's, B's, and C's, and everyone else failed. Allie, I would say <clears throat> I always allow students to retake any test. So if the test is on a Friday, which most of my tests typically are, they, have, they can retake it on Monday, but they have to do it on their time, before school, during school, or after school. And what that allows them to do is Sometimes there's just a lot of tests on a Friday and you just can't get through all of them and it's a nightmare and and the kids freak out. But if you can take it and then get a sense of like, oh, that wasn't so bad or like, OK, now I know kind of what to look at or or what to study or whatever. Like no one's ever just taken advantage of it. No one's ever like retained all the questions. But if you can get if you got a 30 and you can get a 60 or if you got a 65 and you can bring it up to passing, it's just giving you that extra chance. Plus, this really, really builds in a buffer um, where you can talk to parents or like maybe call home and say, hey, your kid had a 60 on this test or you had a 15 on a test. Like, you know, he can study over the weekend and retake it on Monday, but it has to be on his time. Parents will often take advantage of that also because they didn't know the test was coming up because they wanted to help the student and they couldn't because um, they wanted to take advantage of that. So I just think that that's a really good move. And that's kind of what I would do. But um, I never just move grades. Uh, and sometimes it's worth looking back at a test and thinking like, did, was it fair? Did you do a fair job of putting it together? Because I know that sometimes I'll give a test and I'm like, and that was kind of a jerk. Move. Like, I try to trick them on that question. It wasn't really fair. Like, because um, I want to rig it so they can win, but I don't want to like just baby them and hand over the A, right? So uh, I think those are my two go-to answers for that. Claire S is saying, how do you teach when you're personally having a bad day? Do you set aside, do you set that aside and not let it impact your teaching? Man, I would love to do make that happen, but there's just not, that just doesn't happen in reality. Um, my least favorite thing, the thing I, that gets me set off the worst is if my wife and I argue in the morning or if my kids piss me off, you really just made me so bright. Look, my face oh, is getting red. To. I'm going to like burn burn death Sorry. in this thing oh look and i have it back and inside out t-shirt on let's do that it's getting <laughs> real it's real rap with what i'm saying here this isn't we're not faking it we wear inside out t-shirts sometimes on the live feed um i i think that like if my kids piss me off and i leave for school it is very hard to to come back from that so here's there's a i have a couple of of ideas of what i do one i um 
will drive to school and I think about what I'm grateful for, right? And this sometimes can shift a little bit. All we're looking for is tiny little shifts, not overarching shifts. I'll listen to, I have a music playlist that I listen to that I'm not going to tell you what's on it because not all of it, some of it's embarrassing. Um, but it puts me in a better mindset. If I'm singing those jams at the top of my lungs. So one, let me let you in on the secret. One of my favorite cheesy songs of all time, right? You're going to love this is walking on sunshine, right? From the eighties. I don't know what it is, but it's like the happiest song, man. And you know, those people put out one song, they didn't end up in a drug rehab or something like that, like ruining their lives. They're just still kicking it and going on with life. But they just like, um, they just are walking on sunshine, right? It's something about that song makes you feel better. Then showing up in school and trying to do something for someone else, right? So oftentimes I am, if I'm aggravated at, about something, I just like make sure I say hi to extra people. Make sure I say what's up to extra people because doing that just makes me feel better. Um, and then other times, here's your Hail Mary. Sometimes you can't do that. Like none of that stuff works. I just tell my students like, look, I'm having like the worst day and I'm aggravated as shit and I just can't handle it today. Um, I need some grace from you guys. And no kidding, anytime I've ever, ever asked that of my students, they are good, like for no reason. Like, like I've had needed a root canal before, or I've had a migraine, or I have, um, my kids were up late and they were vomiting all night or whatever, like whatever happened, it's like, dude, I need a day. And I can't not teach. I can't just put on a movie. We need to get through this stuff. It, the compliance level is like through the roof. Um, so you can't do it all the time because you don't want to ruin that. I'm afraid like, because it will make you want to go into school every day and pretend like you have a migraine. But you but, also read. What's your book? Oh, or I read anything by um, Father Gregory Boyle is just like, he's the best. And his, just his stories, they're very, very brief. Something about it, it just makes me like not give up hope and it just changes my mind. Someone just give us ten dollars. Yeah, we're gonna take all those and put those uh, aside oh, for. What do you mean? Did somebody else do it too? Well, no, Andy gave oh, okay. $10 awesome, Ella Jane. Thank you very much. I'm gonna get a kid a haircut for that, and uh, and Andy Kitty supported. Yeah, so. awesome. Thank you very much. That's awesome. Um, what else is next there? That one. Bailey, Bailey. I think I'm saying that right. Bailey R is saying, "Have you read Teach Like a Pirate? Just started it, and it reminds me of your teaching style." So I've not read that book, but my homie. Mr. Matera. Mr. Matera. I'm blanking on his first name. Um, Michael. Mike. Michael Matera. Has a he got a book published by that guy Dave Burgess called something about gaming. Like so he, his his idea is like team teaching through games, right? And so gamification. Um, he has a YouTube channel also, and he's really really helpful and really practical. So Just I've not Mr. read Matera. his book yet, but I know. And I don't know him, but I know like all his people that are like around him. So well, I feel like and we're Dave Burgess likes you, so he follows us on Twitter. Yeah. So I feel like Dave Burgess and I would hang one yeah. day <clears throat> and one be day pirates together. <laughs> He'll be a pirate. I'll be a I don't know. What I don't know what I would be. What would I be? Silver Fox. An idiot. <laughs> uh, uh, we got we got dead air. I'm sorry, bro. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Howard's art class um, is saying, how are you, by the way? Uh, my husband is going back to school after being in the Air Force for six years and wants to be a history teacher, but he's nervous about 
student teaching while being older and interacting with students, any advice? So first of all, the reason it's making me laugh is whenever someone was ever in the military and then they're nervous about doing anything else, it's like, dude, you were in the military. Like you got this, you know how to be disciplined. You know how to put your foot down. You know how to like have uncomfortable conversations and like deal with like people that don't follow your authority or whatever. Like I, I once talked with a guy, Mr. Hagerman, and Hagerman was in the Marines and he just crushed it. Like just his, the way he carried himself, the way, because I, look, I really think that teaching. Oh, someone said in here, has, the best teachers are retired military. Yeah, because, and I think it's because they're not afraid. And teaching is so much about your confidence level, your ability to look at a student, look at a staff member and say, no, it's not going to happen like that right now. And even if you have to fake that, even if you do that all day and you go home and faint as soon as you're done, but like you just faked it. I just kind of think of the end of stand by me. Mm-hmm. Um, when the kid pulls out the gun, I mean, this isn't a perfect metaphor, right? But he pulls the gun on the other kid and he's just kind of like, no, you're not, you're not like taking this moment from us. Like this is our moment. Um, and so that, I just realized how messed up of a metaphor that was completely. But anyway, um, yeah, I just think that he should not sweat it at all and just get after it. He's going to do a great job. <clears throat> and if while he's doing that, if he wants to email me, he has questions, he has concerns about anything, just let me know. I'd be happy to help with anything I can. Cody Miller is saying, hey, Reynolds, do you have any tips on teaching writing? My students struggle to elaborate in their writing. And I was wondering if you had any thoughts on how to help them brainstorm and write more. So, Cody, I would say um, – I'd say making whatever they're writing about, like kind of relevant to them, right? So like whatever is maybe current in the world, whatever they're interested in is going to just make them able to write more. I find that my students learning to write about themselves helps because how can you be wrong? It's about you. Um, But I think also uh, two programs that I've used recently, and one of them I did partner with, right, to be honest, um, is Story One Storybird. Storybird.com has reading stuff on there, and they're awesome. Like, they have just really good content. And so I try to only work with companies that I really, really, like, appreciate. So whether that's Teachers Connect or I think um, – or Storybird or any number of other companies, like, it has to be something I believe in. So I, I think they have good stuff on there. And, uh, and when you go on there, you'll see videos of me. Uh, so just so you know, that's coming. Um, and also think circa, which is the word think, and then C E I think it's C E R C A or C I R C A think circa is another program that our school started using recently. And what I like about them is they have like a writing platform that you can literally change an article to be on grade level. So if you have kids in your class that are on the sixth grade reading level, seventh, eighth, ninth, 10th, you can have the article formatted um, in different ways. It changes the vocab in it and stuff and changes the writing a little bit so that the kids are on grade level. It also has text to speech, which is really, really important. Sometimes Um, they also have stuff like uh, like they walk them through how to write. Now I know my girl, um, Tracy Pinter does not like her kids have had a hard time using things circuit, but so far this year, it seems like it's really worked in our school. Um, so those are the two things I would direct you towards. And then also just making sure that you're making whatever you're writing relevant um, and make it the kids feel like they're getting away with something sometimes. Cause then, you know, they might write more because they feel like this isn't so 
extra about that. Um, Teachers Connect just gave $4.99. Nice. So awesome. Thanks, man. Um, I'm going to assume that's Frank. I'm not really sure. Frank is the behind the scenes dude at Teachers Connect. Um, but thanks, man. And he put a turtle on there. I know. The turtle's turtle is really Turtle weird. thought he was so funny on school in school last Monday because everybody was putting started turtles. using turtle emojis. And he was telling all the other kids, like, yo, I was on Reynolds live feed and I was putting turtles and everyone else started doing turtles. And he's like this goofy, he looks like little Gary Coleman, like from, um, <laughs> what was that show? Different strokes. Different strokes. Different strokes. Um, that happened. Piano Boy is asking, how do you end your semesters? Of course, you may take a test of some kind of assessment. Do you do anything special for the students before Christmas <laughs> break? Uh, so, gosh, should I talk about this? Because I think this is actually going to go down this year. I Wait, love... Your holiday, is that what you're talking about? No, 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 oh, no, no. Don't no, talk no, about no, that. No. <laughs> um, I think that... Oh, dear, now, indicate, now everyone's I know. <laughs> turtling it up in there. So, uh, they... We, I also, I always do an assessment. So I think you have a couple of different ideas here, right? Um, you can, I will do a test on the last day, which it seems really mean, but man, nothing hones everybody in like a test. Or I'll do something seemingly fun, but that really depends on the class. Like sometimes the classes are really good and it can go awesome. And sometimes they just think that this is an important and I can just go to the bathroom for 30 minutes and I'm never going to come back and it's a madhouse. Um, or this year, Here's my idea for some of my classes. I want to have holiday pancake time. And I'm going to bring in, <laughs> this is, an electric. Car. when I say things out loud, sometimes in my head, they <laughs> sound normal. And then I say them out loud and I realize this is what I'm actually going to do. If some of my classes, I'm going to bring in like a griddle, we're going to make pancakes and we're going to eat pancakes to celebrate the holidays. Because I just think that that's a great way to leave and go on break this year. Our break for winter break this year is like 16 days long or something. So I really want to leave on the best foot that I can and really like honor the kids. Not all my kids get to celebrate the holidays and not, and some of that's a religious thing. And some kids just don't have it like that. So whatever I can do to just kind of like have that moment together um, is, is great. And it makes me feel more like Mr. Fezziwig from Christmas Carol, which is my favorite character of all time. Uh, which one am I on here, dude? Underneath, Leslie? Uh -huh. Okay, Leslie Carmichael is, <clears throat> excuse me, Carmichael is saying, how do you handle missing work, homework for families that put sports before school? So uh, that's a good question. So, man. Just don't give homework. Missing work <laughs> partially for me is if you're sick, you have as many days as you were sick to make up the work, right? Now there are exceptions for that because if someone had the flu or if they had a concussion or if they come back and they have a mountain of work, it's like, dude, just come talk to me and yeah, we'll figure something out. So for people that put activities ahead of school, uh, there is no makeup work for that. Like if you had a football game tonight, like, um, and this is why I give very little uh, homework, almost no homework at all. I don't believe in homework. I, I think that most studies show that homework is ineffective. And my students, and this is for my students, right? Because my students have a particularly long day from eight to four every day. And if you play football, sometimes you don't get home <clears throat> until seven or eight o'clock. You had to take a bus an hour and a half to get home. I just don't, I'm not just, I'm not going to do that to kids. Um, but what's happening in my class is very important. So if you miss a day and you had a, 
you had sports that day, you had a football game or something like that. You need to come see me before the end of the day. You don't come after and say, hey, I didn't get the work from yesterday at a football game. It's your responsibility to come see me before you go. And then I would, I'm willing to work that out though. I'm willing to have the conversation with kids. I very rarely have like, like just flat out rules that I want kids to stick to in, in a lot of cases, because I want to be able to have the conversation, have kids be able to figure out how to advocate for themselves and talk about it. So it, look, I think to be honest, Leslie, maybe if you just shoot me an email and you tell me like what's going on, I might be able to speak to that a little bit easier. <clears throat> or we could like FaceTime on Instagram or something like that. And I could kind of walk that you through that. Um, but it's it's a little bit hard to answer some questions because I'm not exactly certain like what the circumstances are. Um, Selena, well, Selena, you're going to break. There's a lot of vowels in that last name. <laughs> Franceschi? Franceschi? I'm going to go with that. So Selena is asking... Do students in America have finals before Christmas break? We we have two weeks of it. Uh, no, but I think I don't know where you are. But uh, oh, for some reason I thought you said I'll show you. Yeah. We don't. We we have trimesters at my school, and so different schools have different lengths of time, right? So some have quarters. The school year is broken up into quarters. Ours are broken up into thirds. So we are only not even at the halfway mark of our second trimester right now. Um, so we could give a test before winter break if we wanted to, but that would be up to us. My, I don't do an end of trimester final. I do a final at the end of every book. So there's five books a year. So whenever they land is when you have those tests, but I don't do that. Otherwise, Michael Riley just gave $20. That's awesome. Giving some hair, some hair, some holiday haircuts. <laughs> it's a holiday haircut extravaganza with Michael Riley. Um, thanks a lot, man. I really appreciate that. That's awesome. So what do you? Oh, well, it, sometimes it bumps it back. It's oh, okay. Queen, queen de la Classroom. Yeah, we haven't seen Queen de la Classroom in a while. Um, she is the queen of the classroom. CJ, how do you handle high schoolers cheating on assignments? Man, let me tell you something. My mom always told me, I trust you until you give me a reason not to trust you. And so I do not handle lying well. It is like, it is my absolute kryptonite. I cannot stand lying. It makes me pissed off because I put so much time and effort into relationships that man, when you cross me, it pisses me off. Now I'll, I'll say this also, I will never, ever, ever give up on a student. I have kids even this year that make me insane. They make my hair whiter. Like my hair will glow at a different level of intensity of white um, some days because I'm because they're stressing me. <clears throat> but I always hold out hope. So um, if I give a test, so one of the ways I get around cheating is by giving kids a test and I say, look, you could chalk this, you could completely fail it, it's okay. You can retake it on Monday. But if you cheat, you're not allowed to retake it. And I've changed that this year to I tell them, I said, I do lie a lot in the classroom. Um, I said, if you cheat, I, you're never allowed to retake a test for the rest of your life in my class. Like never, ever, ever. And now look, that is total nonsense because if someone turns around, if someone realizes what they did wrong, someone comes and talks to me and we have an honest, real conversation, not just them trying to like, you know, like make me happy. Um, I can say, look, realize that you, you know, whatever was going on, you realize the error in your ways and now you're going to change that. Awesome. But, um, largely I just don't let kids retake tests if they, 
cheat. Um, and anyone that cheats, like on an assignment, gets a zero, and the other person gets in a, a zero. And I write it in the online gradebook, like zero. Student got a zero because they cheated it. And I call home and I log in in Power School. It's like a big deal um, because I really don't want it to happen. And I tell kids, like, look, man, so you know, it hurts my feelings when you cheat because, like, I'd rather you come to me for help. What this is saying to me is, like, you were trying to, like, get one over on me and I just feel some type of way about that. So that's kind of how I handle that. I lay it on, I lay the, the guilt on thick, you know, it's my Catholic roots coming out. <clears throat> um, Courtney Mann is saying, I graduate in December. How often do you see teachers getting hired halfway through the year? All the time. Cause there's all the teachers that were like, I thought this was a good idea and teaching's a nightmare. And now I don't want to do it. Um, so did you just put the Eagles game on. Yes, I've um, score. <laughs> So my wife just put the Eagles game on behind us. Uh, but I think that happens constantly. And if not, maybe you get like a long-term sub position because someone went out on pregnancy leave or something like that, uh, which those long-term sub positions oftentimes lead to actual teaching positions in schools because they really saw what you were worth and they really loved what you were doing. And then it turns into a job. So yeah, I wouldn't sweat that at all. Um, so good luck to you also. Summer Tate is asking, what are some strategies to help with writing stamina? Trying to get students who have a difficult time writing started in camp, get past the paragraph within a class period. Yeah, I see this all the time too. Like I have journal entries that my students have to do every day and they have to write five sentences. And so one of the things that my co-teacher has started to do is, and I don't, I don't shout my co-teacher out enough, right? But like I teach with this guy, Mr. Fines, and Fines like is a great dude who really tries. He really wants to do good work. He has a really good heart. And so I just want to say fines. I don't know. You don't, I know you probably don't watch these things, um, but I really appreciate you and, you and you do a really good job. So in my class, I tell them it's a five sentence minimum. Um, most of the time, sometimes it's eight, but I want them to just see like that. It's not that hard to get to five to eight sentences. And if you can get to five eight to eight sentences, like you can do another five to eight sentences. So fines will often write like leading questions on the board, right? So uh, let's say the question, one of my weird questions is like, what song best represents you? So he might say like, what is the song? Um, who is it by? Why, where did you hear it first? Why does it represent you? Like, what is the connection point between your life and the song? And then give an example of like, this song gets me pumped up. For what? For basketball? For making out? For dry, like going to take a test? Like what is it that that what mental place is it putting you in to do that? And so he like guides them through that. I think the other thing you can do is be the example. I I've seen a huge change in my students from when like now whenever I ask them to do a writing prompt, I typically will sit there and do it with them, and then I read mine first, so they get an example of like what this looks like. Or I'll do mine ahead of time and say, look, here was mine. Cause I'm a visual, I'm a learner that like, if I see an example of it, I can, I can do it. Um, so I will, if the kids do a project, I always do the project with them. So whatever that project is, I always do a version of that too. So they can see it. And I try not to make mine crush. I try and make it the most bargain basement version of it that I can. But I think that sometimes doing things with your students helps them do it better. Cause you're not just explaining it. You're actually walking through it also. Uh, how do you maintain a work-life balance as a teacher? Um, we drink a lot. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we, <laughs> I just feel, I just, I feel like teachers invented happy hour. Um, right. 
I think it's always about shifting. I, look, in my experience, I've never found a work-life balance that I'm like is just perfect. And I don't know that I want to, right? I think I think that those feelings of anxiety and fear and tension, they push you to the next place. But I find that for me, it's um, on a good week, I wake up at five o'clock in the morning and five, 5.15 in the morning and I read. And so I typically read something that's going to put my mind in a good space. So maybe that's a, a book by someone I like. Maybe it's a blog post by someone that I like. Um, then I meditate. Uh, and right now I've been using the um, Headspace app because it's free for the first 10 times. And I listen to Headspace and then I, that is a guided meditation uh, for 10 minutes. And then I just let my mind sort of ramble for 10 minutes, right? And I think about all, I, I call it doing a brain dump. So like I think of all the things I have to get done during the day and then I write all of them down. And then I just, I realize how involved this is. And then I figure out like which ones are the most important for the day. And then I do, I don't know, it's around here somewhere. I do a, a five minute journal, which is something I found from Tim Ferriss. And it literally takes five minutes. And then I fill that in and then I feel ready for the day. So th here's the difference that that has me created in my day. And that's not even all that I do, but like it puts me in a space where the day is not happening to me. It's happening for me. And, and so if I can, if you wake up, right, and you jump out of bed and you have to get in the shower and you're hurrying right away, I don't like that. I like going into my day like I control it and getting up early helps me to feel like I'm controlling it. And then aside from that, I exercise. I'm mindful about what I eat. Um, I listen to only podcasts. I only listen to podcasts and music to and from school that put me in a good space. So I'm not going to listen to like something that's like, I don't know angry or like I used to listen to like uh, I don't know a lot of angry music I guess but like now I'm just mindful of like kind of what I'm putting in because that's what I want to come back out so that's that's how I handle that junk um my good friend Nayara is saying my admin is very against quote-unquote tracking students so students of all levels are mixed which is okay as a music teacher, we are trying to push the music program forward and we need to start having auditioned assemblies, uh, ensembles. It's very common in successful music programs. How can we convince admin that auditions and tracking are not the same? Any advice? Uh, that's a good one. That's a tough one. Hmm. I think that's, that's so odd. I'd love to know more about like why they don't like tracking. I just think tracking is extremely interesting. I mean, I use tracking all the time in my to to the point of nauseam for my wife where i'm like all right because you know new year's is coming up and what does new year's mean oh at our gosh, house <laughs> i hate it <laughs> i reflect on my year i write out all the things that i love this year all the things i didn't love i i figure out like uh how could i have done better how could i have um like what things that i focus on weren't worth focusing on. it's like a whole process every year at new year's that i like try and figure out like how am i going to do better how do i want to do better how do i want my life to be like better in in the next year um so i think part of that is like making it a real world thing or or asking literally maybe asking the school like hey look i get this this is where this is our vibe this is where we're coming from but this is happening like how would you handle this situation given the, sort of the constraints that we have? Uh, that might be a good like conversation to have with the school because maybe they're, they tell you to 
you know, figured out. That's why you're the teacher. I don't really know how they would get down with that. But I think sometimes letting the school, like holding a mirror up to what they're doing and saying like, okay, cool. I can, I can get behind what we're doing. Cause I see this is the reason why, but when this happens, it's not so black and white. Like I, I'm not really exactly sure what to do with this. The other thing I would say is you, there's two options here. Um, I think they are either you could go on somewhere like Teachers Connect and you could ask that question. You could post it on their website and see what other music teachers follow it. Or if you want to have it in, um, we also have, what I mean by tracking is putting all the low kids in one class and high flyers in another. See. Yeah, I don't think they should do that either. I, I think they help. I, that, see, there's still, there's, there's a lot of nuances right. there, I and the nuances that. are so, – so last year I had all my low guys in one class, and we just named it. It was like, bro, look, we're not there. Like our reading levels are super low, but let's get after it. Like let's own our the, the reality of it, and then we're just going to crush it. Um, I think when you do that, you are – you're owning your your issues, Right. But I do see value in like having, so when I do small reading groups in a class where I put like a good reader, a medium reader, and a low level reader in a group together, I do see growth in that also. But sometimes classes don't work out like that. Sometimes classes don't work out where there's like an even number of kids. You might have, you might be too heavy on the low end and not good enough on the high end. So it really takes a school that has like the ability to really kind of figure that stuff out. Um, but, I, you know, the other option I would say is like we have that closed Facebook group now. So that for those of you that don't know, it's Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk on Facebook. It's a closed Facebook group where you have to be in education to be in it. Um, and I see people putting questions on there and getting really thorough answers. Um, and it's all people from here. Right. So it's not the world. So I think um, that's kind of the, the beauty of it is that it's like this closed group of just like real rap with Reynolds, like followers or no, that sounds weird. Uh, appreciators or like those of you that get down in the comment section. Like and, minded. Yeah. Like-minded individuals that gives you a space to do that. Um, did somebody else give us money? Yes. What's her name? Oh, I want to make I sure see. I say it. I think I just moved the question. I know. I see your profile picture. Lindsay Schmelzer. How do I, how can I possibly get that last name? Right. But I can't get anyone else's because last name. Right. Know someone similar. Schmelzer. It's a great last name. Uh, yeah. I just want to hang out with the Schmutzer. <laughs> anyway, Lindsay Schmutzer just gave $10 so that we can get kids haircuts. Thanks so, a lot, man. Wait, it's so awesome. guys, there, people are saying that on, they think that um, Super Chat takes a portion of your money. So they're thinking that PayPal might be a better way. But we're going to look into it. I think that PayPal also or Venmo? takes... Can we do Venmo? I don't know. PayPal also takes a portion of money, I believe. Um, we do have a real wrap with Reynolds PayPal account uh, that's there yeah. um, and set up. So if you want to try there, you can try there. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Like when? Tonight? Soon. <laughs> I'll have an answer for people next Sunday. On okay, Super cool. I awesome. Think, I know PayPal takes a portion also. I'm just not, I'm not sure because I'm not sure on their end on how you send money in. I know when it's a business and they do take a portion or yeah. a payment for something, we do get hit with like a portion that gets taken out of it through PayPal. So I'm not sure when the sender sends it, if you can send it as a gift. Would you do a Venmo or not? Um, I, We could do a Venmo as well. There is a real wrap with Reynolds Venmo if you want to look that up too. Okay. Cool. All right. So options. Um, I think I just moved this question. Oh, dang it. 
Mark Darden's on here. Uh, no, not that one. I no. That one. Who's back in our uh, no, A. Uh, Arian? Ar Arian. I'm, that's what I'm going with. Uh, is asking, what is what was your experience like with your post-baccalaureate program? I think you said at, at one point that that's the route that you took after English degree. It is. Um, and, oh, I thought that was a two-part question. So I thought it was awesome. But look, like anything else, it has to do with the people that you're with. So the, the students I was with were like nothing special. Most of them, you know, it's so funny. Like in a lot of my classes, I was with folks that wanted to teach, but they weren't willing to participate in class. Like the teacher would ask them to get in groups and they'd be like, oh my God, what are we doing? It's like, what do you, what's the problem? That's like teaching a dancing class and no one wants to dance. It's like, bro, get up and let's get after it. Like, let's, let's do this. Um, I had a professor named Dr. Jorgensen at Rowan University who was really great. She taught for 30 years and then taught people about teaching. So it wasn't like she taught for five seconds and then got in the went to college level. Um, and my practicum teacher was awesome, Mr. Zakari at Winslow Township High School in New Jersey. And he actually pulled me back in to do student teaching with him. And it was awesome. So I just loved it. And look, I think teaching after like a little bit later in life is just great. Like people get worked up about that all the time. And I just think, you know, more like you've had, and this isn't a diss to 22 year olds that are starting to teach, but like, you've just been through life. You've had some stuff. You've been some places you've, you've had like some experiences and that all gets pulled together and informs your teaching. And it just makes it that much better. I think, uh, Rebecca Recca, that's kind of a that's a fantastic awesome. uh it's saying Rebecca, Rebecca is saying i just want to keep saying it, it reminds oh, me of, um teachers connect just gave 24.99 for our haircuts for kiddos Thanks. nice hey, i'm gonna connect. say it's frank over there but i'm not really sure but teachers connect just gave 24.99 i like that they gave 24.99 i feel like it's like <laughs> like a special um so uh that's awesome thanks a lot man and i'll uh, make sure that like yeah haircuts we got like, a lot of haircuts yeah that's uh and it's, holidays yeah nice. so look man because there's always kids like right before the holidays that need a haircut and you're like you know they're going to those holiday parties looking Aww. rough so this is, this great. is great this is awesome people are great man um anyway rebecca recca is asking <laughs> How can I motivate students who have failed their mock exams and feel like there is no point to do any more, uh, to do work anymore because they won't pass at the end of the year anyway? So look, Rebecca, I think, you know, gosh, I talked about this in a video recently where I talked about the idea that when I have students that fail, I want them to fail as best they can, right? Because it's not always about the grade. It's about the level of grit. So I might know that like if you're in a street fight, this is the example I used on the video. If and I tell my students this, if you're in a street fight and someone comes at you and they're going to beat you up because there's no way you can beat this dude, he's like infinitely tougher than you are. You don't back out and go, all right, just kick my ass and just stand there and like get and like catch an ass whooping. You have to actually fight back, right? To on some level, it's just like who we are as humans. If you're going to get into a car crash, you don't just go just resign to it. You try, right? If you are, if your team is playing another team in football or basketball, you don't just forfeit because you were going to lose because the other team's better than you are. You try your best because when we build that level of grit, when we get used to facing certain doom 
and trying our best. I just think that it does something. It's a piece of bark. Oh, so the dog's going to bark a whole lot because my dog is being picked up, and now that's going to happen. Um, come on in, son. Oh, Bryce, what's up, man? So I just think that I'm doing a live feed, so I'm just going to keep doing my live. Uh, Bryce is here, everybody. Hey, uh... There it is. Um, so I just think that, that that's one of the things I try and communicate to my students is that like just not just giving up. It's a life skill to just keep trying and to fail, but to learn from your failure. Because what you're doing is you're not just failing, you're producing a result. And what happens when you produce a result? You look at it, you figure out how to best it the next time. And that, so that's, that's the conversation I have with my guys. Um, Jose Tanada, I think I got that right, um, is asking, hello from California. Oh, Jose, we were supposed to live in California after we got married and my wife changed everything. My brother lives in Ventura now and it's like 64 degrees there today. And it was like 31 degrees here. Um, so I hope you're enjoying it. So Reynolds, are you doing anything holiday themed or fun in your class to wrap up before the week before holidays? I am. So like I said earlier, um, I think we're going to do a pancake day where I'm going to like bring in a griddle and like make pancakes with students and like hang out. Um, I love that. So my school is a lot of, it's not a lot of different religions, but I think it's like, there's like Christian kids and Catholic kids who don't think that they're the same thing. And there's, um, they are, there's a lot of Muslim students and there's a lot of Jehovah's witness or just kids that like don't do any like holidays at all. And so I, I have this idea. I'm not really sure how this is going to work out yet, but I want to create something where we can all sort of like celebrate together just the time of the year and being together. And then I look, I, so this is also building into this. Listen to this. I have this idea this year. I want to celebrate Groundhog's Day and have a Groundhog's Day like big event because I just want there to be some type of year where it's not you and us against one another. It's like we have this thing together. So I have that idea. But yeah, I think we're going to do pancakes the day before uh, winter break and it's going to be awesome. Um, what am I at here? Brad Miller is saying, hey, wondering what the next steps uh What next step as a teacher would be? Where do you see yourself moving forward in your own classroom? Oh, for me. Mm -hmm. So, Brad, I think for me, the future holds one is just getting better. I just think that you can always get better. And that, look, there is a sense in me that, you know, I think when my parents were my age, they, and this is, I don't, don't mean to diss them, but I just feel like my parents were content. I don't feel content at 40 and not in like some sort of restless way, but just in a way where I want to keep growing and changing and doing new stuff. Right. So when my stepdad was my age, he was like worked whatever hours that he worked. He came home and just kind of like chilled, had a couple of beers on the weekends, watched NASCAR football or whatever. We went on two vacation or vacation every year for two weeks. And that was, that was fine for him. Like he didn't seem like he like wanted a whole lot more than that. Um, I'm not interested in that. I feel like a, there's, room to grow even within my own classroom. And then I think the next step for me is really helping teachers. I think that um, I'm, I just want to make that the noise of being socially conscious, of being relevant in your classroom, of building relationships, of deeply caring for your students, of not blaming other people, of building your own confidence is so important and making your work fun. Um, not just to, not just so that it can be fun so you can have a good time, but like because I just think that that stuff is contagious. Um, 
I just think that that is the next kind of level for me is like, so more speaking engagements. That's why, I, you know, do YouTube and all that stuff too. It's like, I just like getting this stuff out there because I think it's that important. Um, and I literally, I get to see the change in the world and then people changing kids' lives through that. So I think that's it. Uh, Patrick Millahan is asking, how do you deal with argumentative kids without making the situation worse? I think Patrick, you never go toe to toe with a kid that never ends up. That's when you see videos of teachers that are like are willing to go toe to toe in front of the whole class. And then they end up beating their students or the students punching them. That's why you get these crazy videos on YouTube. Um, I think you listen to them and you hear their side of the story and you really talk to them about that instead of just trying to like win. Like I, like I always tell students, I'm not interested in winning because I want to be in control. I'm not interested in like having rules because I want to like, I, I want to be the, the emperor of the classroom or something like that. I, I, what I want is for you to win. Like, like, I don't think you, you realize that. Like my whole job here is I want you to crush it. I want you to have a dream, to have something that you want and to do well. And when you're not doing that, I'm going to call you on your shit. When you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, I'm going to call you on it. Not because I need you to listen to me, but because I want you to have the things you dream of. And because I've been in this game long enough that I've seen what happens when you don't. That's when you're pushing shopping carts at, you know, at Target. That's when you're like, you know, have a crappy job and not because you want a simple life, right? Because you didn't, you didn't kind of ask for more than that. You didn't think you could get more than that. And I'm telling you, you can, you can do whatever you want, but you have to have hard work. There has to be grit behind that. There has to be someone there to push you. And that's all I'm trying to do. So I think having that conversation and letting kids know you're actually on the same team, but like what you're, what you're doing right now is working against you. So how can we figure that out together? Uh, Indy Kitty is saying, I hate great inflation. I want my A's to mean something. Uh, was that a question? Oh, no. No. Um, I think I agree with you. I think that's nonsense. Um, yeah. I feel like that was another conversation going on there, though. It was but a I, comment on something that we've already talked about. Okay. It I think it's so long 100% right, though. Uh, I feel like I've seen this picture Wait, before. I know, I'm trying to figure out this name. Gita? Gita? G-H-I-D-A? Gita? Uh, I think... I think I'm half right there maybe. Um, but the question is, I'm trying to do my best to control my class, but I'm still having a hard time. My students are too hyper and loud and don't care. Do you have any tips for me? I So I think sometimes, the, I gave this a bit of advice earlier also. I think sometimes sort of smiling or laughing at the, at the, the gross insanity of the moment sometimes, right? Sometimes stuff is so crazy that if you just step back and go, all right, this is insane. Like, this is my life right now. Um, and taking it from there instead of like my, cause my other, if I don't do that, my internal dialogue becomes, what are you even doing here? You'd have no, you have no right to be in, in this classroom. You have no right to, to, to be put in charge. Like why, why do they ever trust you to do this? I have like this whole negative, like narrative that's going on in my head. And instead kind of stepping back and going, dude, this is insane. Like, like, all right, we have to figure this out. And then figuring, trying to figure out how can you move yourself one bit closer? So you start noting these things like 
Let's see if I can figure out a way in class to get everyone to be quiet for literally two minutes while we do this beginning introduction. Um, so I do stuff like uh, journals, right? Or I do stuff like if you're not in your seat, you lose points. I do stuff like um, I count down from five and you need to be 100% quiet by the time I get to one. Um, I do stuff like saying ridiculous things to students, talking through a megaphone, like um, playing, uh, maybe you're playing Jeopardy music behind the time that you are writing a journal entry. You need people to be quiet for that amount of time. Maybe you are timing the things that you're doing so that, yo, look, the train's moving on. If we're not paying attention, it's moving on. You guys are screwed. Um, or just noting the moment, like, guys, it's insane in here. I want you to know this is what's happening next. If you're not on point, you're going to lose out on it. And so like, I, I just think that like th those are things that work for me, but they only work if I'm not freaking out about it. I have to get my head right as quickly as I can. And just a lot of times that just goes with like smiling, taking a deep breath and going, all right, let's do this. Uh, and then th that's just a better way to figure it out and it puts your mind in a better place than freaking out. Summer Tate is saying... Do you get flack from colleagues about the rapport that you have with students? I'm dealing with one colleague who thinks I'm too friendly, in quotes, uh, and do too much for my students. I get that all the time. Look, I, I, but I know I've, I just don't care. Um, and I know, look, I, 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 that is, literally, I'm giving advice right now that I hate when people give sometimes because when people say like, you just got to learn to not care what other people think. It's like, dude, that's like damn near impossible. But something magical happened at 40. I, like when I turned 40, I think I just started giving less of a crap about a lot of stuff in the best possible way. And if think if you remind yourself what your why is, right? So Simon Sinek is always talking about your why and knowing your why. And when you know what your why is for anything, it gives you a level of grit, of discipline, of push that you don't have otherwise. It also gives you a level of not giving a shit that you don't otherwise have because you are, um, sorry, um, my wife's telling me to stop cursing, um, because you you know why you're doing what you're doing. So I think remind yourself of, of that. And then if someone argues that, say like, well, that's interesting that you would say I'm too friendly with the students. Like, why, why do you say that? Or why do you think that? Or What's the negative outcome of, of those relationships? Like actually asking them because then you're engaging in the conversation. Then you're going on offense instead of being on defense and saying, no, 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 I'm not too friendly. And this is why, and I'm not saying you do this. I'm saying I do this or have done it. Uh, but instead saying, that's really interesting that you don't think I should give students a ride home from school. Like, why do you think that? And they might give me a whole list of reasons why. And then I would say, well, Cephas, who I give a ride home to just about every day has a broken foot. Um, and just had it repaired last year and it's really been bothering him lately. So that like, like what would you suggest? And not in a negative or, or like a sassy way, but like, like, I'm not sure what else to do for him. Like, do you have a different suggestion? And they might say, oh, I didn't realize he had a broken foot and that's what you're doing. That's actually really nice. That's kind that you do that. So I think it's more about entering into the conversation than it is just about um, like, like trying to figure out a way to deal with it otherwise. So that's all. That's what I would do. Uh, Two-part question. It's our last one, but listen, I want you to tell this guy. I think he has some like there's a lot of like questions. Gabriel. Yeah. So first, Gabriel Del Val. My I don't I didn't read what you wrote yet, but my wife is saying that she read it and that you should email me. 
Um, so shoot, if you want to shoot me an email with that, then I can be sure to get back to you. And I'm doing like another email sprint tomorrow. So if you've emailed me and I haven't gotten back to you, I have like 30 emails to get back to tomorrow. Um, and they're all take a long time. Uh, did she tell me her name already? And I'm going to mess it up again. I don't know. Marbay, Marby. I think you, Oh, she did way early, but yeah, I wasn't here. I apologize. I forget how that was pronounced, but and I don't mean that by a diss. I just am not good with people's names. Uh, it said, the question is, I currently work as an assistant in a top performing suburban school with amazing kids and colleagues. My sister works at an urban school and has, and has amazing relatable stories. I have a year until I finish my degree to teach. How do you know what your setting is for you? Suburban schools versus urban schools. Look, so I would say this. I, I, I think for me, I knew that I wanted to be in an urban setting. I wanted to be in like, I wanted to be in a school where I didn't see a lot of other people kind of going or staying. Um, but that was just, that was me. That was like, you know, for me, it, it chose it, on my, here. Chose on here? Yeah. She chose. Said, she said people can just mind their own business. I love Get it. it. Chose cho. on here and Cho is the best. I had her on here before. She is my, my ninth grade level Dean. Um, and she's just like one of the best people ever. So what up, Cho? Uh, Cho Turtle's on here too. Maybe you could yell at him for putting all these turtle emojis because now he's making other people put turtle emojis. Um, but anyway, question. back to my question. Uh, so I always knew all of my heroes have always been people that have have um, looked for the underserved, right? So whether that was St. Francis or the Desert Fathers or Jesus or Malcolm X was like a huge inspiration of mine when I was a kid or I don't know, even other more esoteric people like Peace Pilgrim, right? These are all people that like I always admired because they looked out for people that weren't being looked out for. Now, I will say that the longer I've been teaching, the longer I've been working with teachers in other schools, I have learned also that, you know, it's not just those populations where kids are overlooked. Like I have friends that teach in schools where folks are super rich, like crazy rich. Like my dad invented the screwdriver rich. Um, and those kids just get like overlooked just as much because mom and dad are like busy being rich or busy working all the time. And they're raised by a nanny or by no one. And they are just as messed up as anybody else could be. So I just think that no matter what school, right? So maybe try some schools, maybe just go observe, but there are always going to be kids that need that care and love. And I don't think it's so simple to just say, look, it's only in the urban schools that like kids really need good teachers. I think that I just think that in better schools, like in schools with more money and where, I don't know, things are just seemingly easier um, that you are, I think more teachers will flock there, but at schools like, you know, where, where me and Cho teach, um, I just think that it's harder, right? Like, so like there's, you're, you have kids that get shot. You got kids that are, that don't come in after a holiday weekend. You have kids that like, there was a shooting outside of our school last week, um, like right outside of the school. And my students weren't involved, but it was like a thing you had to teach through. And I just think that that takes, that, that takes a different kind of teacher, not a better teacher, right? It just takes um, folks that are willing to kind of like grit that out. And, and that is, a real reality. Um, but I, I've totally had friends like pocket full of primary, right. Is a friend of mine. Michelle was teaching at a title one school and she realized it was not for her. Now she's teaching at a different type of school and she's killing it. She's a great teacher. It just wasn't a good fit for her. So I think 
Um, don't be afraid to like get a job, try it out. And then if it doesn't work, move to somewhere else. I think that's fine. Um, I think the worst thing you could do is be at a school and stay and know that like, this isn't something I'm excited about. This isn't something I want to do. Um, that's the worst thing that you can do too. So and I appreciate you even asking that question because I think it's a really important question to ask. So look, before we go, everyone, first of all, thanks to everybody that gave, um, that gave money, right? So the idea here is that we are, I, all I did was ask a question. I didn't even ask for money, but what I'm trying to do is I have this idea of real quick of haircut culture within the community in which I teach and how this is something that if you have a good haircut it is incredibly empowering. If you go to the crappy barber or you go to the thumbs, the, the guy that like carves up your, your head and, and gives you like a round back instead of a fade, like, you get dissed hard for that, and it really crushes kids' self-esteem. What I'm trying to do is create a, a culture, or not just me, but me as a, and as a part of the community with which I teach, um, to empower students, to have them coming to school feeling good about themselves. And so I have this idea that uh, there's a barber in the neighborhood that I know that I used to teach or used to be one of my students, that if I could figure out a way to pay for kids to get haircuts through him – it's helping the community. It's helping the school community. It's helping my students. It's raising self-esteem. It's raising self-confidence in the school. It's us as a team, you and I giving back to students. So if you feel so inclined to uh, to donate to that, awesome. Um, and if you don't, maybe you just know somebody that, that would be willing to do it. Or maybe you could just send like good vibes or something like that. Um, I also want to say too. like, I don't despise a dollar. Oh, for sure. Right? Dollars, like, lots of dollars. Yeah. Up. So like if we had 10 impact. people give a dollar, that's a shape a up for a kid. Right. Like that's what a shape up costs is about 10 bucks. Um, so awesome. So to everyone that gave money tonight, I really, really appreciate it. I just want to say someone said that um, they take 30% on, on this. So next week we are going to switch. I'll have it all set up and I'll have the link in here for haircuts, but using PayPal. Cause awesome. even if PayPal does charge, I think it's, I believe it's like 3% compared to 30. I want their money to go towards haircuts. Do, yeah. Cause I, cheap. yeah. Cause we're not taking a cut of this at all. This is like, we take that money. It goes, well, I'm going to buy gift certificates for students. And then that just goes, and then I'll get, I'll set a, a portion aside also to make sure that my homie Sean is getting like a tip on it. Um, but this is awesome. This yeah. is going to be like changing kids lives in a really weird way. Haircut, holiday haircut extravaganza. Everybody knows. All right. So everybody, um, real quick before I go, I just want to say, if you haven't checked out Teachers Connect, you can go do that. If you want to go deep with some of the people that you're talking to in the comment section, there's the Real Rap with Reynolds Facebook, uh, closed Facebook group that's called Real Rap with Reynolds Teacher Talk. Um, <laughs> and all the mentoring people, I swear to you, I am solemnly swearing to you, people that are asking me about being it's mentored, It'll get my tonight. wife will send you an email tonight with how this is going to go down if you want private mentoring with me. Um, and uh, yeah, or you can just send show emails because, you know, she'll she'll do that also. So that's it. I'm going to go back and read all these comments now. Um, everybody, thanks so much. I really, really appreciate you. And I just think that you're doing great work. And I hope you enjoy your day tomorrow. Um, I have off because a pipe burst in my school and now I have off tomorrow. That's right, Turtle. We have off tomorrow. Um, but for all of you out there that have good pipes in your schools, um, I hope you have a great day tomorrow. That's it. Peace.